Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. So it's another week, folks. How you doing? This week, I want to talk a little bit about something that's near and dear. We've talked about it before. Yes, you're getting tired of hearing me talk about it. But yes, you're right. I'm going to talk about it anyway. I'm not going to let it go. And it's a whole idea. I, I use the context of your personal brand. But we're not really talking personal brand per se right now. It is cause and effect. There will be overlap here. What I want to talk about is just your personal brand in the context of who you are as a person. All right. So, and that does spill over to your personal brand, but it also spills over into your customers and your prospects. I'll give you an example. You may not know this. Try not to be shocked when I tell you this, but I am sometimes an opinionated person. I know, hard to believe. It's true though. In fact, if you go on Twitter, my Twitter handle is opinionated. Now it's spelled completely different because, you know, that's the actual word opinionated was taken even when I did it years and years and years ago, but it's there. Let me ask you this question. Why do you think I went on Twitter and actually grabbed a very convoluted spelling of the word opinionated. It was because of a couple reasons, and I'm going to explain them to you now. I'm going to explain this to you because I want you to think about what this means to you. And I want to be clear in this. I'm not saying I'm right, but I am going to say this has worked for me. One of the things that I got beat up on often in my younger years, so like a year ago, right, was that I... You know, I maybe rub people the wrong way. I was maybe pushy. I maybe had strong convictions around what I thought to be right or wrong. And that candidly worked against my progression, that worked against my success a lot, you know. And as a young individual, I didn't get it. I didn't get. Like, how could they not see this? This is clear as well. When I say it's black is black and white is white and no, there is no gray. And yet they would say, well, Daryl, sometimes there is gray. And you need to be more gray, less black, less white. I would get annoyed. And I would get annoyed for a variety of reasons. Maybe it was a moral issue or an integrity issue. Maybe it was a, a factual statement around our solutions capabilities, what they can and cannot do. Maybe it was a statement around pricing and the proposal. So they understood. I wanted them to go in eyes wide open. And when other people would try to misrepresent because they were trying to close the deal, get that transaction added to their quota attainment so they can go to President's Club, I would get annoyed with that. I would say it was wrong. We would add features to our product set that were a reaction to an individual who was just a squeaky wheel, but it wasn't strategic at all. And people would kowtow to that person. They would actually put the feature in at the expense of other features that our users did want, but there were no squeaky wheels because that's just how they were wired. I would argue with them and I would say, that's wrong. 
that's wrong. Are you going to placate that individual and take this company off course? Or are you going to speak to the market opportunity? I would do that in sales. I would talk about the actual process we go through, understanding all the buyers. I would push back on what our value props were, what our differentiators were. I had an opinion. How many of you right now are sitting there right now saying, preach it, brother, preach it because we're there too. We're with you. Power to truth, right? That's what we're going to do. Here's the thing. It did bite me in the ass over and over again. And it cost me opportunities. It cost me deals. It cost me promotions. It cost me career progression. It cost me income. And then I realized that it wasn't that I was wrong. It was that I wasn't humanizing my approach. So what it was a matter of was me embracing this as who I am, me trying to set the stage with my my colleagues, my prospects, my partners, and say, listen, just so you know, this is my style. But if I do this, it's because I'm fighting for the little man. I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting for equality and fairness. And sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes you have to be a squeaky wheel. So when I speak to you, I'm going to speak direct to you so we don't have any innuendos. We don't have any miscommunications. And you and I, we're going to get to an understanding very quickly and get to resolution and get you what you want. Are you okay with that? Do you buy into this approach? And of course, they're going to say, yes, yes, they do, because that's all we want, right? And so what I did was I turned my weakness around to my strength. Now, I'll be candid with you. It's not always my strength. Sometimes it still bites me in the ass, but that's okay. Because now if it bites me in the ass, it's just because I read the play wrong. Everybody knows who I am. They know my style. And as I've aged, I've learned to polish the rough edges off my delivery. I've refined my pitch. So I've kind of come down a little bit bit and my harshness and my directness. And I've communicated the reason I'm doing this is because I'm championing them. I'm making sure they get exactly what they want. I'm making sure that they have success, that you and I working together are actually on the same page because who doesn't get tired of all the BS and all the miscommunications? What I've done is I've humanized my approach. And that has had a positive effect on my brand. And that has had a positive effect on my results. And people have learned to trust me and value me. And they know when I speak, I'm doing it not because I'm trying to get that quota, get that transaction, go to President's Club. They're doing it because I'm trying to do the right thing. And because of that, I'm here today. So that's what I've learned. My brand has coincided with my delivery and I've taken my weaknesses and I've turned it into a strength and I've done it iteratively through a little bit of refinement of me and a little bit of setting those expectations with the person I'm interacting with. And I realized so many of you sales professionals out there are in the exact same boat I was in years ago. And you know you're doing the right thing, but perhaps your approach is not right. Perhaps you are treating them as a transaction. Perhaps you're a little self-involved. Perhaps you're not meeting the prospect where they are. Perhaps they don't know how to communicate with you and it's a stylistic thing. What I think you need to do is I think you need to better learn and better understand your unique human proposition, your UHP, not a USP, because you're going to do the US for no matter what. The selling is going to happen. But what's your unique human proposition? Well, guess what, folks? There's an expert out there who speaks exactly to the unique 
human proposition. She is incredible. Her name is Jules White. She is an award-winning speaker. She's a sales coach. She's been on stage everywhere. TEDx loves her. She's a best-selling author of Live It, Love It, Sell It. She is amazing. She's coming at us today from the United Kingdom. She looks smashing. She's stunning. She's in her kitchen, and she's taking time out of her schedule to talk to us today about developing your UHB. Jules, how you doing? Oh, hello, Daryl. <laughs> I love that. I've just been listening to you and taking it all in. How amazing. I love it. And what you don't know, I mentioned already that she's just a rock star. She's got her own podcast that is amazing. It's called The Human Conversation Podcast. Go subscribe. Some of her guests are questionable. I will not deny that. <laughs> I may have been on it. I may have not stopped talking at length. The episode with Jules and I on the Human Conversation Podcast. We actually go into detail, pros and cons, on scripts. Should you use them? Are they good? Are they bad? And we didn't necessarily agree. We didn't disagree, but we didn't necessarily agree. We had a healthy conversation, and the, most of the feedback in that episode was around that conversation around scripts. So check it out if you have an opinion on scripts. Subscribe, because she's awesome. Jules, tell us a bit about you. You're all about the human conversation proposition. Everything about you is the human thing. So talk to me. What was the catalyst for this for you? Why did you come up with this? How has it been received? What benefits can people achieve if they employ what you say? Just give me the, the 50,000 foot view. Okay. I, I think it definitely come from 30 plus years in sales. And I've worked in lots of different industries and sectors and probably had the most sales training that anyone has ever had in the world, as you can imagine over that time, different formats, different methodologies. This is how you do it. This is the process, the script. And when I looked back at my career in sales, I hit every target I was ever given. I exceeded targets. I was a really successful salesperson. And I kept thinking to myself, but I'm not doing anything that these guys were training me to do. I was literally taking the training. There might have been a few little bits, you know, that were quite useful. But then I'd go out, I'd completely ignore that and I'd just be Jules White. And I was chatting and I was curious and asking questions and stepping into the world of the buyer. And when I really looked at all of this over all those years, I thought, I need to create a methodology that allows us to realize what sales is truly about. And it was all coming back down to individual humans connecting. That was the magic of sales. And so then I really started to delve into what makes somebody actually unique. And of course, there's, as Booper say, there's 7.1 billion types of normal on the planet. And how amazing is that when you start thinking about it? There's no other Daryl on the planet. There's no other Jules on the planet. And that is the magic where we connect as humans. So that's where it all came from, really. Just looking back at my career and what I'd learned and thinking about, right, what are the real key things I need to now start talking about in the world of sales? What I love about what you just said is a couple of things. A, the human thing I don't think has ever been more important than where we are at this point in history. People are savvy, people are shrewd, people are, are educated now, social media, the internet, everything, you know, we're all just woke for lack of a better word, right? So the only way you truly can establish people's trust and, and connections is on that human level. Whether the kid is walking in on you in the middle of a conversation 
or there's background banter going on. We're all cool with that now, right? We're not wearing suits and ties and dresses and everything like we used to do a few years ago. Like we're at a level of human to human relationship. And even when you look at the struggles that we see in this planet of ours, whether they're people who are protesting because they want to be treated with respect, with humanity, that's all people want. And when I see these people go and sell textbook, whether they're doing Sandler or Spin or any other methodology you can think of, their formula, and the formula works, but it's just meant as a framework. And what I loved about what you just said was you said, I took bits and baubles of what they were doing. There's a lot I wasn't doing and I was still having success and I didn't know why. So only after some studying, some introspection, some self-reflection and everything else that I finally figured out that what you brought to the table, what, why it was working for you, it wasn't in the textbook, was that human proposition, that human-to-human aspect. And that's the big thing here, folks. That's why Jules is here today. Because everything else is in the textbook, this isn't. So that's why you should probably go live it, love it, sell it on Amazon, all right? Buy yeah. the book. So there you go. Yeah. There's that little plug there. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a quick little break, and I'm going to have Jules break down exactly what it means to have a unique human proposition and how you can implement it in your sales processes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them. And they're only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is an engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more by ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, Jules, let's talk about it. Unique human proposition. If I want to incorporate a unique human proposition, how do I do it? Well, I think you've got to start looking at yourself first. That's why the live it part of live it, love it, sell it is all about you. So this is all about what are your values? What are your beliefs? And what are your strengths? When you start to really look at those things and those parts that you're made up of, that's how you start to then show up because people want to see those things. And then you need to look at your clients and your customers and what are their beliefs and what are their values and what are their strengths. And that's done via conversation, Daryl, just like you and I keep having these amazing conversations. What I really want people to start with is not just who they are, because that's work we don't always do, but I think also those conversations about who our clients truly are. So what do they think value looks like? What do they think they need to buy from us? And let them lead that. And then we interject with that empathy conversation we show we're listening we show we understand we put our isms in there so i call these isms you've got darylisms what do you think your darylisms are that you've just told us about for five minutes before we started talking i have opinions i'm gonna guess 
It's one of them, you know, and also just your style, how you show up, how you speak, the words you use. That is everything that makes you unique. And so whilst there's a product to sell and there's knowledge attached to us as salespeople, as you said, we forget who then we are in the mix of that. I call it the emotional glue. The emotional glue that ties everything together in that transactional process, which we do follow, because actually humans quite like having a structure, but the emotional stuff is where then we start connecting chemically with humans. Oh, I'm going to trigger these heavenly hormones now. So now I've got some oxytocin happening, the love hormone. Now I'm connecting and I'm bonding and I'm trusting with this person because of the stories they tell me the language they use because it feels real and they feel human. So I know I'm kind of telling a lot of information there, but that's because this isn't just a structure of things you have to do. This is everything about you, Daryl. So you made some interesting things here. So you said, let them add value. Now, my job as a sales rep is to figure out what you find valuable. And often I struggle to get my prospect to open up because they hold their cards so close to the vest. How can I let them add value when that's actually what I want? Is it because I'm controlling the conversation? Give me an example of maybe what people are doing wrong or maybe how they could approach it with the understanding that we're all unique humans, hence a unique yeah. human proposition, and we're all going to do a little bit differently. But maybe, you know, just give me an example of what that might look like before and after. And I think the thing you've just actually said is really poignant that we generally as salespeople control the conversation. It's kind yes. of how we're taught. We're taught to do that, aren't we, with these methodologies. And I think there is an element of us being in the conversation, but the buyer also has to be in that conversation. So, you know, the questioning is the key thing and the listening. Those two kind of key things that we know is part of the, the sales uh, skills that we need. I also say they're life skills. We've had these skills since we were born. The questioning and the listening skills. How many kids say why, 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 why? The point is that when you start involving the buyer in that conversation in a much deeper way and asking really normal questions so what does value look like to you what is this going to look like what is it going to feel like when this works the way you want it to work those really great human questions that we don't always take the time to ask that's when they start telling us what they think value is that's when they start adding to the conversation I'm making notes here like, like a madman and my thoughts come and they, they flee the minute because you keep on saying cool thing followed by cool thing. So I have to capture them. But so I captured multiple things you said here, which I think are really, really important. You said controlling the conversation versus being in the conversation, ask normal questions, I would say, as opposed to scripted questions. And then I added another one, which I think you implied, which was active listening, you know, results in an active conversation. So let me explore that. Going back to the first one, controlling the conversation versus being in the conversation. I actually, that goes in hand in hand with the ask normal questions versus scripted questions. So as sales reps, we have this list of questions that we want to ask them. We want to ask them. Our bosses are listening to, they're going to give us a debrief on our call and say, you didn't ask this question, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and they are scripted, which means when they're scripted, typically you're not actively listening to the answer. It means you're, 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 you're listening for a pause so you can ask the next question. Here's the thing. We buyers, we're on to your game. We know what you're doing. 
And we're not cool with that. And we feel like a transaction. We feel like we're just like at a doctor's visit. Yeah, cough here, cough there, touch there, touch there. Whoa, okay, what's the diagnosis? <laughs> uh, and, and we don't, it's not fun. And if I could build on what Jules was just saying, when you, you've got your list of scripted questions. Okay, park that for a second. That list isn't going anywhere. When you ask that first question, put the pen down. All right, because you got a recording. You can take notes afterwards. Maybe there's a transcription service on your call. If you don't have that, get that. Now I can just listen. And when Jules says, well, the answer is this, blah, blah, blah. If you're human, if you're in the conversation, you would ask her, she said, a normal question. Well, a normal question would say, really? That's why you think the sky is blue? Well, why do you think that? What about this situation or that situation? Okay, those... That response and those two follow-on questions I just asked, that's a normal conversation you would have at the pub drinking with your mates. It's not in the script. You're giving yourself permission to go off on these tangents and you're going to tell stories with one another. And then when the time is right, then you can come back to the script. But those tangents, that's a normal conversation. We are all conditioned to have that conversation. And the more of that we have, the more of a human connection we have. At least... That's been my experience. Jules, am I getting this all remotely right? Absolutely, 100% right. Yeah, because I always say to people, you know, if you meet your friend for a coffee or in the bar or wherever you go to meet a new friend, do you pull out of your jacket a list of questions that you need to ask that person in that meeting? Of course you don't. You instinctively and intuitively know how to have a conversation. And you'll hear me say in other interviews or when I'm speaking, I kind of want to untrain people who have been trained how to sell because all of that lovely subconscious, those subconscious skills we have to be able to ask the right questions at the right time, and believe you me, we all can. They're out the window when you suddenly latch on to a script. Um, of questions um, and so that was part of where we came to have our conversation before yeah. wasn't it Daryl yeah um, and by the way for the record she admitted I was right I'm sure that's what she said on that other conversation <laughs> she was cool but we didn't say here is when we ask normal questions so we go off in these tangents this is what's going to happen this is the magic when you have a unique human proposition is that the conversation is going to go in a direction you never anticipated and two things happen one you're going to learn stuff that you never would have learned otherwise, which you can help them with. Because remember, your scripted questions are still over here on this piece of paper on the side. You can ask them later. And two, at the right point in that normal conversation, it might make sense to jump to that fifth question on your list because the conversation has traveled in that direction. So now you can actually ask that scripted question in a manner that doesn't feel scripted, but feels genuine. Sometimes the journey isn't question one, two, three, four, five. It's one, eight, 12, 14, back to three, 16, 10, back to two. But you will get through that. The second thing is many of you are so focused on saying, I've got to get these answers in this meeting. No, no, you don't. There's two things you need to do in this call today. You either, well, actually one of three things. You either need to say, we're not a fit, or you need to say, Let's continue the conversation in another call because we didn't get through all my questions, but because we had a great conversation, they're going to say yes. That's like us. That's like <laughs> us, exactly. Or you need to advance the conversation. We got through the questions, had a wonderful time, and it makes sense to continue it and go on to the next journey. That's it. That's your goal. You're not on the time zone, in the time limit. You're not. 
what are the symptoms, Jules, that I might be doing, that I might be guilty of, uh, which would say I am not putting my human proposition forward? What I've already said, one of it is I'm not listening. I'm listening to ask the next question. I've already said that I've got these scripted questions I need to go through. I've already said that we have this need to get through all the questions in the time we've been allotted. Are there other behaviors, bad behaviors, which would take us away from that unique human proposition? I think language is huge, the language we use, you know, and, and this, this is really interesting, actually. What's, what's your really natural way of speaking, your natural tone of voice, your natural way that you use humor? We've all got that. We've all got that when we're talking to our friends, you know, and a, a bit like you said at the beginning, the world's changed now, Daryl. We don't have to be on parade. We don't have to wear certain clothes. And that was very corporate. Certainly when I was in corporate, that was the way we had to be. But it doesn't have to be like that now. And we don't want it to be like that. Our buyers definitely do not want that to be how we are. It's trusting that we can use our own language obviously respectfully, by the way, but because people will then recognize us for that. That's our way, that's our charm, our charisma. That's the way we are individually showing up. Language is massive, which is another reason why I don't want people to feel like they have to say certain things. We can communicate in our own way with our own language. And your buyers will notice that you're using language that they're not used to from salespeople. Let me speak to that because there's so much truth in what Jules just said. I mean, this, this, is, this is like really powerful stuff with your kids, okay? Um, I was on an analyst call the other day with an industry analyst and we started jamming. And he says to me, he goes, I gotta say, I look forward to every call with you, Daryl. You have the most energy of anybody in the industry. It's just fun. This is something I've learned. I learned two things. You talk about language. I would say language and delivery. So I use words like kids. Let's jam. He's a cool cat. So I'm using language intentional that I know nobody else is using. It's my, my homage to the 60s, right? I tell my kids that I'm the most hip father they've ever seen. They're like, Dad, nobody uses the word hip. And the fact that you use the word hip means you're actually not hip. <laughs> uh, and then I drop words like woke and dope and sick and whatnot. And I'm just this 50-year-old guy who is a moron. All of that is memorable. The energy I, I've ran across, that is, I don't want to say it's contrived because it's not. I love doing this. But when I'm at my desk, I am not that person. I am laid back, calm, cool, cerebral almost. All right. Jules's point that that's what you remember is she's spot on. I use this language, I use this energy to differentiate and stand out. So the next time I call somebody and they say, hello, and I'm like, Jules, baby, how you doing? They know it's Daryl Prale. They don't, like, who else does that? That's the power of the word and the style and the language, your personality, your story. It's no different than storytelling, only the difference is there's not a story, it's just a style. And people are drawn to that style, whatever your style might be. You could be the most cerebral person. You don't need to be me. You could be cerebral and have these insights where they go, oh, sugar, I never thought of that. Prale, you're amazing. You always make me think. You don't have to be me or Jules. You be you, but embrace that distinctive language and everything else. We are out of time. It's gone by. There's two ways you guys need to continue this conversation. One, go to Amazon, live it, love it, sell it. Jules White, you'll love it. Download. In fact, I think if you go to her website and you order it from her website, she will sign it for you. So there you go. Next, 
subscribe to her podcast, right? The Human Conversation. It's killer. And just check her out. Jules, you've been incredible today. I'm sorry we've run out of time. If you like this conversation, folks, go listen to Jules and I on her podcast. I think we went almost an hour. Totally blew her, her time limit out. But the whole point today is I started off by saying I recognized my weaknesses and I embraced it by being more human in my approach. All right. I adapted. I embraced what was good about me. I kind of smoothed off the rough edges. And then I learned how to engage with my prospects one-on-one. And that reflects on my brand, reflects on my success and my numbers. Jules opened by saying she had numbers. She hit President's Club. She was successful. She wasn't sure why. And she realized in the end it was her human approach. That's the thing about the human proposition. It doesn't matter if it's the year 2020 or 1020 or 3020. The human dynamic never goes away. We've been, as a species for millennia, we've been connecting one-on-one. It's when you put roadblocks like formulas and scripts and process that overwhelms who you are as an individual that makes you sound like just another sales rep who doesn't care about the prospect and that's bad. What you need is you need your unique human proposition. And that, that is where Jules White comes in. Jules, thank you so much for your time today. I had a lot of fun. I'm sorry I ran out of time. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. It's been a smash. In the meantime, folks, that's another episode of Inside, Inside Sales, where we talk meat potatoes about selling, how to, what to do, and when you should do it. My name is Daryl Prale. I hope you had fun today. I know I did. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales, hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel, sponsored by VanillaSoft. Soft.